You're listening to A New Beginning with Greg Laurie, a podcast made possible by Harvest Partners, helping people everywhere know God. Visit our website and learn more about Harvest Partners at harvest.org. If you are going to be a real disciple of Jesus, you need to carefully read, study, and live according to God's Word. Pastor Greg Laurie points out an important characteristic of disciples. We need to import the truth of God's Word into our lives and then export it to others. Everything I need to know about God and life itself is found in the Bible. And as disciples, we are to learn it first and then we are to share it with others. This is the day when the lost are disciples are in the import-export business. Now it's not Persian rugs or spices from India. It's truth from heaven. God's Word gives us everything we need to know to grow as committed followers of the Lord. And today on A New Beginning, Pastor Greg Laurie points out that it's up to us to import those truths into our lives and then look for opportunities to export those principles into the lives of those in our circle of influence. These are disciplines of discipleship. Quick question. How many of you want to hear God speak to you today from His Word? Raise up your hand. Okay, good. That's, that's most of you. Well, it really comes down to how you listen. How you listen. You know, there's different ways to listen. You can listen passively. You can really not listen at all. Or you can listen intently. You need to listen as though your life depends upon it because it does. Because what we're looking at is from God Himself. Let's say you were gonna be a skydiver. How many of you have ever gone skydiving? Raise your hand up. Well, I'm impressed by that actually. I've never gone skydiving. I don't plan on going. Now if my plane was on fire and there was a chute, I would go skydiving, okay? But (laughs) apart from that, I don't envision that happening. But I think if I was gonna go skydiving, I would listen very carefully to my instructor, right? Like how to use the chute, where is the ripcord, when do I pull the ripcord, why would I listen to him carefully? Because my life depends on it. In fact, I did hear a story of a guy who went skydiving. For the first time, he jumped out of the plane. Five seconds later, he pulls the ripcord. Nothing happens. He starts to panic. He pulls it harder. Still nothing happens. Then he remembers that he has another chute, a backup chute. He pulls that ripcord and still nothing happens. Suddenly he looks down and much to his shock, he sees another guy in the air. Except this guy's going up as the skydiver is going down. So the skydiver yells to the guy, hey, do you know anything about skydiving? And the guy yells back, no, do you know anything about lighting gas stoves? (laughs) You listen, listen to your instructor because your life depends on it. Well, here's what the Bible tells us now about discipleship. That's our series, Discipleship, The Road Less Taken. Let's review what we've already learned. And if you're writing notes, you may have missed one of these points, so you might want to jot them down. Five things we've already learned about what it means to be a disciple. Number one, the disciple of Jesus Christ 
loves God more than anyone or anything else. That's based on Luke 14. Where Jesus said, if you want to be my disciple, you must hate your father, mother, wife, brother, sister, and your own life. And we pointed out to you that the Lord is not telling us to literally hate someone, but to love him more. Where our love for God would be so strong, our love for someone else would be like hatred in comparison. So point number one, love God more than anyone or anything else. Number two, the disciple of Jesus Christ takes up their cross daily. Emphasis on that word, daily, and follows Christ. And we learn that what that means is you die to yourself. You put God first. Number three, the disciple of Jesus has turned the title deed of their life over to Christ. The title deed, or the pink slip, if you will. Uh, Jesus said there in Luke 14, if you want to be my disciple, you must forsake all that you have. It does not mean we have to take a vow of poverty to be a believer or a disciple. But that phrase, forsake all that you have, means surrender your claim to. Or simply acknowledge everything you have comes to you from God. Hence the point, turn the pink slip or the title deed of your life over to God. Number four, a disciple impacts our culture. Jesus pointed out that we are the salt of the earth. And in the first century, salt was used to stop the spread of corruption or the rotting process. You'd rub it into the meat to preserve it. And salt stimulates thirst. In the same way as a follower of Christ, we speak out against evil and we speak up for Christ, hopefully living a life that is so godly it causes others to have a thirst to know Him. And fifth and lastly, a disciple brings forth spiritual fruit. Because scripture tells us here, and will they know you're my disciples, that you bring forth much fruit. All right, with that in mind, let's talk now about the things that a disciple does to stay strong spiritually. That's why I've called this message the disciplines of a disciple. In fact, the word disciple comes from the root word discipline. They're, they're rooted together. But we don't like discipline, right? That's hard. You know, we want it fast. We want it now. We don't like to wait for anything anymore. Uh, you want to get a book or some item of clothing or whatever it is you want? Why go down to the mall? Just order it on Amazon.com. And if you're a Prime member, you might even get same-day delivery. Uh, you want to watch a movie? Why go to a theater now? Download it on iTunes or, or maybe watch it on Netflix. Or you know you want to find the news out. You don't have to wait for the news to come on at six o'clock in the evening like the old days. Just go to Twitter. Find out right now what's going on. Get the news feed from that. Or if you want to find some information out, gone are the days of the Encyclopedia Britannica. <laughs> How many of you remember those? Some of them, some you used to be able to buy them. They'd come to your house sometimes. A very impressive set of books. I had a set years ago. Even the title. The Encyclopedia Britannica. <laughs> you just sounded intelligent telling people about it. Here is my set of the Encyclopedia Britannica. Have you read them? No, I've never read them, but they look nice, don't they? <laughs> and the problem was when you did get around to reading them, they were already dated, right? Hardback books already dated. Now we just Google information, not that it's always accurate. <laughs> because anyone can pretty much say anything and it's not vetted 
uh, in many cases. But we like to get things quickly. So when we hear of following Christ and taking up crosses and disciplining ourselves and slowing down and meditating on God's Word, that is like alien information. But yet God says, be still and know that I am God. So what I'm gonna share with you now is an absolute essential for being a disciple. If you are gonna be a real disciple of Jesus, you need to slow down and learn to listen, bringing me to my sixth point. A disciple will carefully read, study, and live according to God's word. A disciple will carefully read, study, and live according to God's word. What is that based on? Jesus said in John 8, 31, he said these things to those who believed in him. If you continue in my word, you are my disciples, and you will know the truth, and the truth will set you free. You know, sometimes that verse is taken out of context. You know, man, the truth has set you free, and here's the truth. And we'll use it to describe all kinds of truths and quotes that we might pass on. But this is very specific here. This is not just any truth. This is specific, absolute truth found exclusively in Scripture. The context is reading, studying, knowing, and living Scripture. That truth will set you free. This is the only absolute truth, the truth we find in the Bible. Because God says, thy word is truth. Jesus says, I am the way, what? The truth and the life. This is the only absolute truth we can be certain of in life. And when I understand what God says about life, it sets me free. For instance, you might think, oh, God doesn't love me and he would never forgive me of my sin. Okay, check out the truth in the Bible, which says if you will confess your sin, he's faithful and just to forgive you your sin and cleanse you from all unrighteousness. Oh, no, I've messed up. I'm condemned. God won't hear my prayers. Hey, open up the Bible and read the truth, man. Romans 8, 1. There is therefore now no condemnation to those who are in Christ Jesus. I continue in the truth. In a moment, Pastor Greg points out we should either be being discipled by someone or we should be discipling someone else. It's an important part of God's plan. More on that in just a moment. But, you know, Pastor Greg, many people are looking for hope these days, especially young people. Yeah. They want to be part of something bigger. And I know we have some big plans to reach them in the coming new year, don't we? We do, Dave. And let me say, here's where you won't find hope. You won't find hope in the culture. You won't find hope in technology. You won't find hope even, in many ways, in politics. Now, all of these things have their place. But hope, that comes from God. I like this acronym of hope that I heard, H-O-P-E, holding on with patient expectation. The Bible brims with hope. And that is our message that we want to share with this young generation and all generations, that there is hope for them in a relationship with God through Jesus Christ. And we want to offer this hope to as many people as possible in this coming year through our outreach ministries, which of course include a new beginning. I'm asking you to join us at Harvest and become a partner. A partner is just a friend that makes a regular commitment to us each and every month. They stand by us, and 
that enables us to respond to the opportunities that are coming our way. I think we would all agree. We live in, in many ways, a hopeless world. But through Christ, we have hope. Life without God is a hopeless end. Life with Him is endless hope. Join us and become a part of our team, and let's reach the world with a much-needed message of hope. Yeah, that's right. And, you know, it's the most strategic time of the year, and maybe the most strategic time in our history with the plans we have for ministry in the new year. Your investment can go further than ever. So please get in touch today to become what we call a Harvest Partner. You can call us at 1-800-821-3300. That's a 24-7 phone number, 1-800-821-3300. Or go online to harvest.org. And now here's Pastor Greg with more of today's message. Everything I need to know about God and life itself is found in the Bible. How many of you believe that? It's true. Everything you need to know. You don't need extra biblical books or special revelations from people. No. Everything you need to know about God is found right here in this book that you hold in your hands. And as disciples, we are to learn it first and then we are to share it with others. Let's again review the Great Commission in Matthew 28. Jesus says, Go therefore and make disciples of all nations, baptizing them in the name of the Father, Son, and the Holy Spirit. Listen, teaching them to observe all things that I have commanded you, and lo, I am with you even to the end of the age. So I'm learning and I'm teaching. As I've said, as a follower of Jesus, I should either be being discipled by someone or I should be discipling someone else passing this truth on. Paul writes about that in Colossians 1.28. He says, so we tell others about Christ, warning everyone and teaching everyone with all the wisdom God has given us. We want to present them to God spiritually mature and their relationship with Christ. Listen to this. You cannot take people any further than you yourself have come. You can't take people any further than you yourself have come. And here's a problem. We're aware of that. And you know, maybe we're not as far down the road as we ought to be as followers of Jesus. In my first message, I pointed out that some who have known the Lord for 10 years, 20 years, are still kind of like big spiritual babies. They haven't learned to feed themselves spiritually. They haven't become mature as they ought to. But listen, you ought to be so mature in your faith that you could say to someone, follow my example. You say, no, Greg, you're wrong. We should never ask people to follow our example. We should just tell them to follow Jesus. That's a cop out. You should be living a godly life in such a way where you could say, as the Apostle Paul said, imitate me as I imitate Christ. 1 Corinthians 11.1. 1. Be imitators of me. Follow my example. And listen, if you like it or not, people are looking at you as a visible representative of Jesus Christ. And they're making evaluations about God according to the way that you live. <sighs> That's a lot of pressure. I don't like that. Well, they're doing it, so deal with it. That's what being a disciple is. We accept that. I mean, what if the church was filled with people just like you? What if everybody else in the church was just like you are? What if everyone in the church read the Bible as faithfully as you read the Bible? Would we be a Bible-studying church? What if everybody in the church worshiped God just like you do? Would we be a worshiping church? 
What if everybody in the church gave of their finances as faithfully as you do? Would we have a church that supported? What if everybody in the church shared the gospel as often as you do? What would it be like? What if others were just like you? What if they walked like you and talked like you and dressed like you? I heard about a guy that wanted to get married in the worst way. So uh, he found a girl he was in love with. He took her home to meet his parents and uh, his mother didn't like her. So he went out and found another girl, brought her home. Still, the mother didn't like her. So then he went out and found a girl that looked like his mother, talked like his mother, dressed like his mother. In every way, this girl was like his mother. But his father didn't like her. So this is... (laughs) So being a disciple is walking with Jesus in such a way that you get to say to someone else, follow my example. Well, Greg, we mess up. I know we mess up. We all do. I do. You do. But that doesn't excuse us from being an example. Now listen. He says, if you continue in my word, then are you my disciples. This is translated elsewhere, if you abide in my word. You're saying, well, what does this mean? Well, Jesus says in John 15, if you abide in me and my words abide in you, you will ask what you will and it shall be done unto you. What does that mean? The word abide means, think of a tree, planting your roots deeply into Christ, soaking up the nutrients, growing each and every day, staying in a given place, staying in fellowship with Him. If you continue in my word, then are you my disciples. If you abide in my word, another word for it. Or Jesus says, if you abide in me and my word abides in you, then you'll ask for whatever you want and it'll be done. And I'll tell you why. Because you'll start praying for what God wants you to pray for. And that's the objective of prayer. Not getting God to do what I want Him to do. It's getting me to do what God wants to do. If you continue in my word, then you are my disciples. That means you study it. That means you memorize it. And ultimately it means it affects your thinking and ultimately your living. And everything that you do, I love how someone describes that man that walks with him and it says, his delight is in the word of God and in it does he meditate day and night. The word meditate means to ponder. Actually in the root it means to chew. Chew your food. Chew. Think it over. See, I think sometimes we we read the Bible with no comprehension. We see it as a religious duty. We do it mechanically. You read three chapters. Read three chapters. What were they about? I have no idea. (laughs) But I read three chapters. And I can prove it. Yeah, but if it doesn't affect your life, if you don't even understand what you read, you'd be better off reading three verses. I mean, I'd rather you read one chapter of the Bible slowly, carefully, with contemplation, asking the Lord how it applies to your life, than read 10 chapters so you have bragging rights. It's possible to read the Bible out of pure duty and not remember anything, sort of like Dory in Finding Nemo. Remember, she was always forgetting. Or maybe you might read the Bible like some self-help book, Positive Principles. What's much more than that? I need to understand that this is the very Word of God. And I read it that way. I am now reading the words of God. I am reading the autobiography of God. And I believe that this book will speak to me. I love what Martin Luther said, loose paraphrase. He says, the Bible is alive. 
It has hands. It takes hold of me. It has feet. It chases after me. It's alive and it's powerful and sharper than any two-edged sword. So we must approach it like that. Pastor Greg Laurie with great insights today on A New Beginning about the importance of the Word of God in discipleship. And he'll have an additional thought from today's study before we go. Well, Pastor Greg, we're excited about the new film on the life of Johnny Cash. Yes. And we'll tell our friends how to see it in just a moment. But when other people see the life of Johnny Cash, they see country music. Or they see the crazy things he did that made the newspapers. Or, you know, they see the man in black. They see an entertainment icon. Yes. But you see something more. What is it you see? Well, I see a man just like us. You know, that's what I love about Johnny Cash is he was authentic. He was real. He was flawed. He was brilliant. He was extraordinarily talented. And he was very godly. I mean, who else could play at a Billy Graham crusade on Monday and then be headlining a Vegas venue on Friday? Mm. The answer to that is Johnny Cash. So Johnny Cash is a contradiction. He's an enigma. He's a person we can relate to. So folks know that I've written a book on Johnny Cash called Johnny Cash, The Redemption of an American Icon. But listen, now we have a brand new documentary film on Johnny Cash in a theater near you, and you can see the spiritual story of Johnny Cash. There's been other documentaries made about Cash, and and they're great, but we have decided to approach it from a spiritual angle, hence the subtitle, The Redemption of an American Icon. Yes, we tell the story of the rise and the fall and the rise again of Johnny. We look at his career, its ups and downs. We look at his spiritual ups and downs, but it is a redemptive story. And there's some amazing people that participated in this documentary, folks that we interview that talk about how they knew Cash or what they knew of the spiritual life of Cash, people like his own son, John Carter Cash, his sister, Joanne Cash. Not only that, but we have interviews with Tim McGraw, Winona Judd, Marty Stewart, and Cheryl Crow, and others. So many people wanted to be a part of this because they admired Johnny. They loved Johnny. He made such an impact. And I think it's really a mistake to define Johnny Cash as merely a country music icon. Oh, he was that. But in a way, Johnny had a musical style that was all his own. Everybody knows when a Johnny Cash song is playing. He appealed to multiple generations. My grandparents loved him. My parents' generation loved him. I loved him. Kids today love him. And people are discovering him for the first time. So you want to see this film. This is a cutting-edge, brand-new, beautiful film produced by the Irwin Brothers. Of course, the Irwin Brothers brought us the Jesus Music documentary. They also brought us I Can Only Imagine, I Still Believe, Woodlawn, and next year, the brand new feature film, Jesus Revolution, that's based on my life in the Jesus movement. So this is a film you don't want to miss, and we want to make tickets available for you to see Johnny Cash, The Redemption 
of an American icon. Contact us right away as we have a limited number of tickets available. And it's such a joy to make complimentary tickets available to those who support us with a generous donation. Claim your tickets and invest in Harvest Ministries by going to harvest.org or call 1-800-821-3300. That's a 24-hour phone number, 1-800-821-3300. Hey, everybody, what are you doing this weekend? I'd like to hang out with you at Harvest at Home. What is Harvest at Home? It is a time of worship and Bible study exclusively designed for people that are viewing in from all over the place. So you can be a part of our extended congregation at Harvest at Home. Join us this weekend, Saturday and Sunday for Harvest at Home at harvest.org. Well, next time, more insight on the important role of God's Word in the discipleship process. Today, Pastor Greg has been talking about how disciples need to be alert and ready to receive God's Word. And he closes with this thought. You know, I think the best way to illustrate it, it's sort of like the role of a pitcher and a catcher in a baseball game. Like this. This is a baseball. And uh, if I'm the pitcher and I'm going to throw this, the catcher has to pay attention, right? Because if I throw this hard, if I'm a really good pitcher, this could get up to a speed of 100 miles per hour, right? So you have to be paying attention because if you aren't paying attention, you're gonna miss it. So I'm gonna say, here it comes, you know? And if you're not looking, see, you weren't looking. That was a wiffle ball. No one will be harmed in that. This one's a little harder. This one's harder and it's coming. So you better be paying attention. Oh! Oh, now we're injuring people. Okay, one more time. Here it comes. Catch it. It's coming. Very good. Okay, don't throw it back. I want you to keep it. You keep it. I think our little boy back there wants it. Do you want that? Do you want the ball? Give it to the little boy behind you. He wants it. Look at him. There you go. Okay, listen. You just woke up. Why? Because I was throwing things at you. And you didn't want to be injured. But no... The role of a pitcher and a catcher, they work together. And so when the Word of God comes your way, how do you listen? See, it makes all the difference. If you're distracted, you're looking around, your head might come off. But if you're paying attention, you got that big old padded glove and you got that cage in front of your face, you catch it. That's how you have to come ready to hear the Word of God. A New Beginning is a podcast made possible by Harvest Partners, helping people everywhere know God. If this show has impacted your life, share your story, leave a review on your favorite podcast app, and help others find hope.